The sights and sounds of El Junque National Forest in Puerto Rico are bright and loud. It's an early morning in March. Water is flowing down the shiny rocks at the Lococo waterfall. Birds are singing from treetops, and a small lizard the size of a blade of grass lounges on a warm rock. But something just isn't the same, and Raymond Feliciano knows it. In the forest itself, uh, climate change we've been noticing for years. And one of the things that it's really easy to notice is the cloud formation. Cloud formations are just the start of what Feliciano has noticed. Hi, I'm Will Derry, and this is Puerto Rico, The New Normal, Episode 3. Puerto Rico's nickname is the Enchanted Isle, and El Junque might well be called the Enchanted Forest. Before Maria, its 50-foot canopy was like an emerald tarp that protected a stunning diversity of plants and animals from tropical sun. Its beauty and exotic wildlife prompted Spain's King Alfonso XII to make it a royal preserve in the 1800s, when Puerto Rico was still a Spanish colony under American control. Theodore Roosevelt declared El Junque to be a national reserve. To this day, it is the only tropical rainforest in the U.S. national forest system, but no amount of government protection could save El Junque from the ravages of Hurricane Maria. In the immediate aftermath of the storm, parts of El Junque looked like a war zone. Palm trees and giant ferns had been stripped of leaves. The mountainsides were brown and barren. Overall, one in 10 trees was destroyed. A year and a half later, El Junque is again green and lush. In fact, the recovery of the forest has become a symbol for the resiliency of Puerto Ricans. But like a fortune teller gazing into a crystal ball, Raymond Feliciano sees trouble in the cloud formations. The mountain has been getting warmer and warmer and warmer. So if you get a warm mountain, warm air, that cloud formation doesn't happen. Feliciano is the heritage program manager at El Junque National Forest. He's an archaeologist, and he's been working as an archaeologist at El Junque since 2005. These days, his thoughts often shift from past civilizations to future ones to the ones who will have to deal with the climate change that he's witnessing at El Junque. I've seen it with my eyes. I, normally in the morning like that, it will be all mist all around me. Nowadays, you don't see that as much. Even if you go all the way to the, to the peaks up there where you see the tower, that normally was covered. You couldn't see it. So that's one of the markers. Another marker is the change in temperature. January and February have been cooler than usual in Puerto Rico, but it's gotten just as hot or even hotter in the summer months. It's just small increases in temperature, but like a percentage of a degree makes a lot of difference in the condensation in the plants and that actually uh, expands the, the effect of the, the cooling. But it also it's getting really hot real quick, uh, probably hotter than other seasons. So right now we're in drought advisory uh, because it hasn't been raining as much. It got cooler, but it didn't rain uh, the way it used to. As the temperature in Puerto Rico changes, there's a domino effect. The air, the water, even the shape of the island has changed as shorelines have eroded. Now, researchers are worried about that. Because once you change a little bit of, uh, let's say, the amount of uh, moisture in the air, that will have an effect that we'll know what's going to be the, the, the scope of that effect in the species. Take parrots, for example. More than 30 species of parrots live in Puerto Rico, but none is as beloved as the one known simply as the Puerto Rican parrot. 
It's a bright green bird with a distinctive red stripe above its beak and white circles around its eyes. It's found nowhere in the world except in Puerto Rico. Millions of these beautiful birds once filled the forest of the Enchanted Isle. But beginning with the arrival of European settlers, the forests were logged and land was cleared for sugar and tobacco plantations, shrinking the parrot's habitat. So in 1975, there were only 15 parrots left in the entire world in Puerto Rico. Most of them were in captivity. Three of them were in the, in the wild. So the Fish and Wildlife Service started their recovery program in Ayunque. Because Ayunque was the only tropical forest left in Puerto Rico, still it was a challenge because the parrots considered secretive and not much was known about its breeding habits. Fish and Wildlife Service starts working on it, but they didn't have the knowledge to actually know how to breed the parrots, and uh, they didn't know how they survived, they didn't know the mating ritual, nothing. So from 75 to the early 2000s, they actually were in a learning curve. An old army barracks from World War II became the breeding center. Now the breeding success rate was very low, so they were getting a couple of chicks that actually breed, uh, they don't grow and breed a year. That was in 1989, that wasn't, you know, so most of the parrots were in captivity in some of them. The ones in captivity did better than those in the wild, but biologists did what they could to help the few parrots still living in nature. Feeding stations were set up, and artificial nesting boxes were installed throughout the forest to make up for the loss of natural nesting cavities in the old trees that were once common in El Yunque. Then came back-to-back -back hurricanes in September of 2017. They struck just two weeks apart, but their impact on the parrots was different because of the time of day they swept through El Junque. First came Irma, then Maria. Parrots survived somewhat well the first one because it didn't strike El Junque that much. Now when Hurricane Maria came over during the night, they were sleeping. Uh, we, actually, we had to place um, an artificial nest tied to a tree so they can breathe in the, in the natural habitat here in Yunque. And uh, basically they got wiped out. From 50-something pair of birds in, in the natural habitat, we ended up with three. Just three parrots left in the wild. So the preservation efforts have become more important than ever. Fortunately, El Junque is not the only forest in Puerto Rico. Rio Bajo State Forest is in the North Central Mountains. It's a subtropical forest in an area known for its limestone formations and caves. A secondary habitat for parrots was established there in 2006. And the wild parrots there, they fare better than in El Junque. So the ones in Rio Abajo, I think they only lost like 20 to 25% of the population. Uh, from the last census I heard. I don't know if they actually got more or less. The better survival rate of Rio Bajo has biologists rethinking their strategy. They'll continue to breed captive parrots in Ojunque, but release them into the wild at other preserves. As I said, Ojunque is not the, the preferred habitat, but the infrastructure and the knowledge is in this area. So what the Fish and Wildlife Service is looking for is like looking for the more relocation of their species. We breed them here and we will relocate them uh, to a better habitat in other parts of the island. The idea is to spread them out so that they all won't be wiped out by a hurricane as what almost happened to the El Junque parrots. And Feliciano knows that climate change will mean more frequent and intense storms. Parrots aren't the only bird species Feliciano worries about. The Elfinwoods warbler is another endangered species at El Junque. The Forestry Service is focusing its recovery efforts on. It's a small warbler that actually lives in the dwarf forest. It's one of the few places 
in Puerto Rico and only exists here in the Junque and on another forest in Puerto Rico. So this is like the very limited habitat that we're losing because of uh, uh, climate change. Of all the treasures of the Junque, the one that may be most beloved by Puerto Ricans is the coqui. 17 species of these small tree frogs live in Puerto Rico, and some of them exist nowhere else. Their tiny size makes the coqui hard to spot in the wild, but they are a national symbol for Puerto Rico. Some images of coqui can be found everywhere, on souvenirs, t-shirts, billboards. Even though I never saw coqui in Puerto Rico, I heard them every night. The distinctive sound of the coqui can be heard in the countryside of the island, as well as in other parts of Puerto Rico. Since the coqui is an amphibian, it needs a lot of moisture to survive, but with the rise in temperature, the species has had to move farther north to find cooler ecosystems. Now that's a habitat that is going to be smaller and smaller and smaller, smaller habitat, more concentration, more depredation probably, so that will affect like, the amount of insects that are going to be all around here. For reasons that scientists haven't fully identified, the insect population is decreasing at Ojunque, and that's another troubling omen for the coqui. We, the estimates are we lost half of the insect population in the, in the Junque. Now, if you lose half of the population of insects, then you lose, start affecting negatively the, the coqui because they also hunt you know, a lot of the small insects. Most of them are, tend to be spiders, so the coqui goes for them. So that's what the International Institute of Tropical Forestry is saying, and that's the last thing uh, I read about it. Climate change is thought to be the culprit for some small adaptations that the coqui have made in the past few decades. Biologists have found that the male coquis are getting smaller and their mating call is shorter and higher pitched. Their changes may be related to lower fertility as well. The human species is also feeling the effects of climate change in Puerto Rico. Although March is Puerto Rico's dry season, the amount of rain has increased since Maria. That should be a good thing for the island, especially here in Ojunque, which is a huge source of water for the island. But the heavy rains packed by the hurricane overwhelmed the forest's capacity to filter water naturally. Now, because it rains so much, you might think, well, there's a lot of water around. Yeah, but it was all polluted. You had landslides, you had dead animals, you had uh, chemicals in the water, so people couldn't, couldn't drink it. It got so desperate at, at a time that people actually started going back to the rivers to wash their clothes, you know, taking baths and all that. That created a public health problem for Puerto Ricans. Problem is you do that and you don't control that, whereas downstream is going to get all the pollution. So uh, we had to import a lot of the drinking water and it's, it's very expensive. Since Hurricane Maria, researchers at Ojunque have been studying the environmental impacts of temperature changes, rainfall patterns, and species loss. They're documenting the recovery of the rainforests, but they're also anticipating the long-term effects of more regular storms that might not leave time in between for regrowth and they're factoring in the impact of climate change. Feliciano does not sound hopeful. Uh, so yes, we are concerned about the climate changes, but we don't know where it's going. We don't know it's not going to be good in the long run. Raymond Feliciano is an archaeology consultant for the United States Department of Agriculture and Natural Resources Conservation Service. Follow my coverage of Puerto Rico on Facebook, on the Penn State International Reporting page, on Twitter, at WillDairy1, and Instagram, at WillDairy1 and follow the hashtag PSU NPR.